Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. to the word of the Lord on today, uh, I want to use for a subject matter, so much is going on in our world. Uh, our world is, is, is continuing to evolve into Lord knows what. Uh, but I want to uh, just bring you just a little a thought today from what God has put on my heart, amen, to try to encourage you all, the faithful people, you all that's holding on to the Lord unchanging hand in these last and evil days, I want to encourage you to continue to hold on, continue to be encouraged, continue to uh, wait on God and don't be discouraged uh, because of what's going on around you, next door to you, beside you, amen, and going on in our lives. I want you to continue to hold on to God's unchanging hand. So in Matthew's the 27th chapter, can you get that? Uh, we're going to try to read just a little bit today. If the Lord will allow me, I'm going to try to be in teach mode, if you allow me. So Matthew, the 27th chapter, and verse number 24. Uh, as I said, we're living in a day and time. Our world is ever evolving and increasing, amen, in a way uh, that God is not pleased in. Uh, but I want to encourage you today to be encouraged through the words of the Lord he told us in his word that these things was going to be so, that God was going to, uh, 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 God was going to uh, 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 be talked about, uh, lied on, uh, neglected, forsaken, and all of the above. As we get into the word, you'll see which way the Lord is going. But I, I want you for a subject, if I can, uh, thoughts is that we might stay focused and my subject is that I was sitting and I doing my study. I said, Lord, what kind of subject can I put with what we're going to talk about today? And this is what he dropped in my spirit. And, and, and the subject is this right. It's going to be a fire one day that the fire man can't put out. Y'all ever heard anything like that before? But I want to encourage you that there's going to be a fire one day that the fire man can't put out. Just yesterday, we were driving down the street. Uh, Sister Johnson and I, we was on our way uh, to look at some things and pick up some things. And, and we got up in Bartlett. Uh, we saw the Bartlett police had the road pretty much blocked off. And eight, nine cars had somebody pulled over. He had done something wrong. I told my wife, she said, I said, well, eight, nine cars got this guy. And, uh, and they got him handcuffed. I said, he did something wrong. And uh, she said, well, maybe he didn't do anything wrong. I said, no, that many calls, he did something wrong. <laughs> but anyway, we prayed that the best came out of it. And lo and behold, wasn't long behind that, the fire truck came. Then they sort of blocked the whole road off. And so uh, I don't know why the fire truck was called uh, up on arrest. I guess that might be routine. I don't know. But eight, nine, ten calls of police and then here the fire truck come. And so today's message is uh, uh, we know fire trucks, they come mostly what, to put a fire out. I don't know with the car burning or what was going on. But however, my thought today for you, the people of God, is it's, it's going to be a fire one day that the fire man can't put out. Let's look at Matthew the 27th chapter and let's look down at verse number 24 
uh, talking about the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 27 and verse 24. And, and, and it says, when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing. During Jesus' arrest, during his, the, this, this time they brought Jesus before Pilate. And when he saw that he couldn't prevail nothing. There, there, there come a time in your life when you can't, can't do anything with the people. With the crowd, what they asking for, you have to give in. I pray that you and I won't ever get to that point in our life that we can't go forward, we can't prevail anything, uh, but we have to give in and cave in to what the crowd is asking out of us. We hope and pray that we be able to stand no matter what. Is going on around us. So here Pilate is caving. So when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a turmoil was made, he took water and he washed his hand before the multitude saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just man. See ye to it. So this is what Pilate is saying to the crowd. When he couldn't prevail, he couldn't do anything with them. The more he resisted them, the more they, they would shout, the more they raised their voices. And, uh, and they would just, uh, uh, just create, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, excitement, insurrection, just rebelling. And so when he saw that he couldn't do nothing, he said, look, I'm going to wash my hands uh, before the mother tooted, and he said, I am innocent of the blood of this just man. Somebody said, just man. Yes. Jesus was a just man. But Pilate told the crowd, I'm innocent of the blood of this just man. You see to it. But now, little did Pilate know there's no way he could be innocent of the blood of this just man. He should have used his authority and told the crowd, no, this man is not worthy of what you all accuse him of. I'm going to set him free. But the more Pilate said, no, I, I can't do it. I don't see any reason. The more the crowd would just chant and, and say, give us Jesus. And you see it would go further. Uh, verse 25 said, then answer all the people and said, his blood be on us and on our children. Lord have mercy. And today I can truly say that the blood of Jesus is on us. It's on all our children. It's upon every man, woman, boy, and girl today. The blood of Jesus. Those that will not accept our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus is upon your hands. And so Pilate tried to wash himself clean. But you can't. Pilate uh, was just as much involved as the crowd was. You see, one thing about uh, what people don't realize in life, to be silent uh, on a particular issue, is you, you're just as guilty. All throughout the Bible, to be silent is, is to be just as guilty as the people that's doing whatever they're doing. If I see you robbing a bank and I will not report what I saw to the authorities, I'm just as guilty as a man robbing the bank. So whatever we are, we are involved in, to be silent, I know the world, everybody got to say, well, I don't want to be a snitcher. It's not my business. I'm not getting involved. But it is your business. It is your business. Uh, what's going on in the world uh, today. It's our business. It's your business. It's my business. And so Pilate said, I am innocent. No, you're not of this just man. No, you're not because you are the king. You have authority. You can order these people to go back home. You can order the soldiers to come in and just clear the atmosphere, but you won't. 
But you won't, you didn't do that. You're afraid of the people and you cave and you gave the people what they want. And verse 26 said, then release he uh, ba uh, Barabbas, uh, then released on him Barnabas unto them. And when he's had, when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Now notice verse number 27 says, then the soldier of the gover government, the governor, they took Jesus into their common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. So here we see now the soldiers of the governor. They're taking our Lord and our Savior into the common hall and they gathered the whole band of soldiers. But notice verse number 28. And they stripped him and put him on a scarlet robe. This is what the soldiers did. And verse 29 said, and when they had planted a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him. And what they do, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Did y'all get that? So here we see that the soldiers, they took Jesus and they have him uh they made him a, a, a crown of thorns, placed it on his head, and gave him a reed in his right hand, and they bowing before Jesus, and they mocked him. And the word mock means to make fun. They're ridiculing Jesus. They're making fun of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Just like the world is doing today, they mocking Jesus. And they, they think it's fun. They're making fun of our, our faith, the Christian. All these you know, Christian folks, they ain't, they ain't nothing. And so we're being mocked today just like Jesus was being mocked in his day and time. They made fun of him. They criticized him. They ridiculed him. And they bowed before him and they mocked him saying, Oh, they salute the king of the Jews. Greeting the king of the Jews. That's no way to greet the king of the Jews. Mocking him, making fun of him. They know they did not believe that Jesus was the king of the Jews. But as my topic goes today, it's going to be a fire that the fireman can't put out. Let the world keep on doing what they're doing. Let them continue to mock our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But brothers and my sister, there will be a fire one day that the fireman cannot put out. Notice what the text said. And when they had planted a crown of thorns, they put it up on his head and they read in his right hand and they bowed the knee before him. Now, who's going to put a crown of thorns? If you're going to crown somebody the king, certainly you wouldn't give them a crown made out of thorns because we all know thorns hurt, right? You take a crown of thorns and press them up on your head. That's not a comfortable feeling. It's going to, it's going to, they put it, they say they pressed it up on his head. That means you already got the, the thorns that with the sharp points and they placed it on our Lord and Savior here. They pressed it on there and that, that will cause it to go into, penetrate his, his, his skin, his scalp and, and of course out came blood. Am I, am I making sense to anybody? And they saying they and the Bible said, and they mocked him. That's my point. They mocked him, and just like they mocked Jesus then, they are mocking Jesus today with their ways, their action, the way they live, the way they, way they what they say about God, what they say about the things of God. They are mocking him today, amen, when they reject the things of God. Amen. Let's read on just a little bit further. 
they made fun of him, saying, uh, salute, greetings to the king of the Jews. There's no way to greet the king of the Jews. There's no way to greet our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Verse number 30 says, and they spat upon him. Isn't that something? Oh, but they greeting the king of the Jew, right? Is that the way you greet the king of the Jew? And they spat upon him, and they took the reed, and they smoked him on the head. Is that the way you greet the king of the Jew? No, they are making mockery. They are making fun of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen? Y'all see where we're going? But there going to be a fire one day, my brothers and my sisters, that the fireman can't put out. You'll see it as we go a little bit further. Verse number 31 says, and after that they had mocked him after they made fun of him they took the robe off from him they ain't that something they give you a, a purple robe remember the text it said they took his clothes off and put on a purple robe now purple mean royalty right so they, they make it fun and we gonna we gonna make him a king just for a little while so we gonna give him take those robe the robe that he has off and we gonna put a purple robe on him and purple is a, is a sign of royalty and so we gonna make him appear royal but the crown we're gonna play on, on his place on his head will be a crown of thorns and then we're going to kneel and we're going to mark him. We're going to make fun and we're going to greet the king of the Jew. And we're going to spit upon him. And they took the reed and they smoked him on the head. Now just think, I got a crown of thorn on your head. And then I'm going to take, I don't know what they smoking with. I'm sure it wasn't a hand. They probably smoked with something else, maybe some type of stick or some type of object. Because surely they wouldn't take their hand and just slap the thorn on top of his head because it would stick them in their hand, right? They're making sense in the battle. So they probably had some type of object that pressed the, 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 the crown upon our Lord and Savior head. And so he would see, and they smote him on the head. And verse 31 said, and after that, they had mocked him. They took the robe off. Now, you you, you made me a, a king. You made me royalty uh, with this robe. Now, you're going to take it off. And then they put his own raiment back on. Now, okay, now we done made you a king. We made you a pure king. We put your crown on your head. And we done pressed it out on your head. Now, you're bleeding all everywhere. And now, now take the purple robe off him. And put his own clothes back on him. Now, we done made him a king. Notice what the word said. And they took him after they mocked him. They took his robe off and they put his own raiment back on him. And then they led him away to crucify him. So they gave him glory. What a terrible glory for just a moment. What a shame. What a mockery. Amen. That they made uh, right there of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And after they went through that little process, took the robe off, put his clothes back on. Now they marching him to be crucified. Isn't that something? Make him a king. Mark him that he's a king. Then take the rope off him. Now let's, let's crucify him. Okay, now you you had your moment. Now we're going to march you on up to Golgotha Hill. And we're going we gonna to crucify him. This, this is the way the world will handle you and I because they don't love the God that's in you. They don't love the God that's in me. Amen. They don't love God at all. Notice verse number 32. We read it on. And as they came out, they found a man of, of uh, Siren, uh, Simon by name, 
Uh, him they compelled to bear the cross. They allowed Siren Simon to uh, carry Jesus' cross. Of course, it was heavy, and Jesus already gone through what he had went through, couldn't carry his cross, so they allowed Simon to carry our Lord and Savior cross. And when they uh, was coming to a place called Golgotha, that is a place uh, called uh, Skull. Verse 34 said, they gave him vinegar to drink. Mingle with gall. Now just think about this. Here it is, hot, thirsty, dehydrated, crown on your head, pierce my scalp, blood running down my face, and they give me something to drink. And guess what they give him to drink? Vinegar. Now, vinegar is nothing that you want to give anybody to drink. And all of you all probably have tasted vinegar before, right? God bless you, my brother. All of you have tasted vinegar before. You know what it's like to taste vinegar, uh, what vinegar tastes like. And vinegar is nothing that you want to uh, drink, especially if you're dehydrated. If it do anything, it'll dry you out even more. Then they gave him vinegar to drink, mingled with gall, and when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink it. Verse 35 said, and they crucified him, and they parted his garment. They cast lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, that they, uh, they, they parted my garment among them, and upon my vestal did they cast lot. In other words, they, they, they gamma for Jesus' clothing. They, they took his garments, and, and here they, here they write it down here in, 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 a, in a crap game. And they rolled the dice and said, who's going to win his garment, his robe that he's wearing? And then they rolled the dice and said, who's going to win, amen, his vest? Here our Lord and Savior up on the cross. And these, these foolish men gambling over his clothing, his apparel, his vest, and his garment. Amen. Now, verse number 36 says, and sitting down, they watched him there. They were sitting down. They got through shooting dice for his clothing. They sit there and they watched Jesus. Verse 37 says, and set up over his head his accusation written, this is Jesus, the king of the Jew. All my brothers and sisters, there's going to be a fire one day that the fire man can't put out. Or we see how they done our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But you know what? It's not over. The devil going to do what the devil does. It's not over. But I want you to let's continue to read the text. Notice as we go on a little bit further. Verse number 37, uh, 38 says, Then were uh, there two thieves crucified with him. One on the right hand and another one on the left. Think about that. One on the right hand and one on the left. Now, these men were two thieves. Now, they deserved what they got. But our Lord and Savior did not deserve what they gave him. Amen. But I, I thank God that he, he endured it. He went through it. And he did not come down. But he stayed there for you and I. What if Jesus had, a, had came down? Then what we are dealing with today, uh, uh, we, we, won't, we wouldn't have a chance. We wouldn't have a right to the tree of life. You and I couldn't be saved had he came down. Somebody said, no, he couldn't come down. He could. He could have came down. Jesus said, I pray right now. And the Father will send me a legion of angels. But he didn't come down because the scripture had to be fulfilled. Amen. Don't say he couldn't. He could. But he has spoken his word. And he's not a God that would break his word. That's the only reason why he didn't. But the ability to do it, he had it. Yeah. 
But he didn't use that ability because he know what he came into the world to do. Amen. Let's go just a little bit further. Y'all see what, see what we're talking about? Amen. Verse number 39 says, Here a thief on one side, the other one on the other side. And verse 39 says, And they that pass by, they, re they reveal him, wagging their head. And there's some, they that beheld him, they revealed him. In other words, they made insulting remark. That's what the word uh, revealed means. Insult him. Mark him. Insult him. Look at him. He done for others. Now he can't even do for himself. Well, you know, it, it's just amazing. When, uh, just, just, just beyond me how people can say things about stuff that they really don't understand. Isn't that something? You, you really don't know what you're talking about, so why are you going to talk so bad about it? If you don't know nothing about it, you ought to be quiet. Can somebody say amen? amen. Keep your mouth shut when you don't know what's going on. Amen. And so here they say, uh, they that pass by, they reveal him, and they were wagging their head. Oh, you shaking your head. Oh, look at him. Just insult him, shaking their head. But one day, one day, there's going to be a fire. That the fire man can't put out. The world is wagging their head now. They're making fun. They're making mockery of you, Christian. You to give your life to the Lord. Oh, they're having their day. But one day, God going to have their day. And we're going to see who's going to be shaking their heads. Amen. When the Lord have his day and time. Let's read just a little bit further. I'm going to read down to verse 44. Then we're going we're gonna to move on. But notice. Say, they that pass by, they're wagging their head and saying, dust. Uh, thus, uh, thou destroy the temple and build it in three days. Save thyself. So this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm going to destroy the temple, and in three days I'm going to raise it up. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. See how they, the world is actually making mockery of Jesus. They don't believe that he was the Son of God. They don't believe that Jesus was who he said he was. And to this day, they don't believe he is who he said he was. They don't believe it. Because if they did, they wouldn't do some of the things that they're doing. Amen. And so they say, if thou be the son of God, uh, get thyself down. He is the son of God, and he don't have to come down. He is the son of God, and I'm glad today that our Lord did not come down. I'm so glad today that he didn't come down, and he is the son of God. Notice, as we go on just a little bit further, verse 41 said, likewise, also the chief priests, here it is, continuing, they mocking him, making fun of him, laughing at him. Oh, he's the son of God, but look at the son of God now. All oh, my brothers and my sisters, but you, I know you heard it this way. We're going to see who's going to have the last laugh. Amen? We're going to see who's going to have the last laugh. Laugh now. Laugh all you want. Make fun now. Mock us now. Talk about us now. But we're going to see who's going to have the last laugh. And likewise, the chief priest. Now, notice, he said the chief priest. Now, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. Now, we just in teach mode. Likewise, the chief priest, they were the preachers. They were was, they was the men of God who taught, had the word of God. They knew better. They should have known better. Right? Y'all follow me? The priests, they knew the law. They knew the Old Testament law. They know all about the Messiah. They mocking him with the strive and the elders. Oh, you know who they are. Those are the preachers. So when here it is, our Lord and Savior being crucified, and you'd be surprised at the people that, that people are lining themselves up on the wrong side of, of, of the situation. 
the preacher, the stride, the elder, they're all on the same side with the people. So we're living in a day and time now that, that the preachers, the elder, the priest, the bishop, the devout, they all line up on the wrong side. Y'all better be careful what side you're lining up on. I know the people can be wrong because people are people. But for the elders and the pastors and the bishops and reverends and all the, all the above, for them to line themselves on the same side that the people are lining on, it's a shame. Because we are the leaders. We are supposed to be God's mouthpiece. Am I making sense? We're supposed to know what side to line up on. But we are lining ourselves up on the wrong side too. And so here you see the word of the Lord said, likewise the chief priests marking him. They shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have been in that crowd with the strive. And the elder, the, the elder they, they shouldn't have been. That was the older one that, that was in the way. Uh, they shouldn't have been doing what they were doing, but they did. And verse 42 said, here's what they said. All right, here's what the priest said. Here's what the preacher said. Here's what the strive said. Here's what the elder said. And he said, he, he saved others himself. He cannot save. This is what the elder said. This is what the preacher said. This is what the lawgiver said. The one that teaches you the words of God. He saved others, but he himself, he cannot save. Huh. Oh, y'all see it. If he be the king of Israel... Let him now come down from the cross and we will believe. So you'll be surprised that the priest, the scribe, and the elder, they did not believe in Jesus. Jesus it, you know what? Jesus, you know, he just did. He knew who was on his side. But it's amazed me and you, the people that should have been on his side, that wasn't on his side. And, and don't let it surprise you in your lifetime. People that said they with you, that's not with you. Amen. People that said they for you and they're not for you. You, you better make sure who your friends are. Can y'all say amen this morning? Do you know who your friends are? I'm talking about your real friend. Your real friend. Your real friend is going to stick with you. They ain't going to let you down. No matter whether you were you down or up, no matter what you're going through, a real friend going to be there through, through stick and thin, right? No matter. I mean, they're going to be there. They're going to stay there. A real friend ain't your friend because you got money. A real friend with you, they'd be your friend when you ain't got no money. See, y'all got friends, friends, they, they just come from everywhere. They just, they just come out of the woodwork. Can y'all say amen? Hey, friend, and everybody your friend because you got money. But all when the money run out, where your friends are? Amen. Can't find one. Look around where they go. So Jesus, Jesus knew that these folk had lined themselves up on the wrong side of the situation. I want you to make sure that you don't allow yourself to let things line up on the wrong side. Make sure you know who your friends are. And here the priests, the preachers, the elders, and the bishop, and the apostles, and all these folks that know God, they said, he saved others if he be the king of Israel. And he was. Let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. If he ever came down in the from the cross, guess what? They still wouldn't have believed him. That's right. They still wouldn't have believed him. No. Amen. And, and, and I want you to do this right here. Don't, don't go around my brothers and my sisters trying to prove yourself to nobody. Y'all listen to me this morning. Don't try to prove yourself to nobody. Just know who you are yourself. 
Shape yourself to thyself. Know thyself and to thyself be true. You ain't got to prove yourself to nobody. And this is a problem that a lot of us have. We go around trying to prove ourselves to folks. We want to be accepted. We're trying to do. Look, you don't have to, you don't have to prove yourself to nobody. Nobody at all. Just yourself. Know yourself. And to thyself be true. I don't care if folks don't know who I am, don't believe in who believe in me. I know who I am. I, I know who somebody say, I know who I am. And I believe in me. Amen. I know who my mama is. <laughs> I know who my daddy is. Right. I, I don't care if you don't believe my mother named Geraldine. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. Amen, somebody? Yeah. Folks trying to prove stuff to other folks. Stop doing that. And let's go on just a little bit further, y'all. Now, notice he said, uh, he said, brother, but now he himself, he cannot be saved. Now, verse 43 said, he trusts in God. Of course, Jesus trusts in God, his father. He trusts in God. Let him deliver him now. If he will have, look, let's see how they're making fun of Jesus. He trusts in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. What do you mean, Jesus trusts in God? Let him deliver him now. If he, he said that God won't even accept Jesus. This is a mockery that they're making of Jesus. He believed in God. Let him deliver him now. If he will have him, of course, God will accept Jesus. Of course, God believed in Jesus. God sent Jesus. He will not forsake his own son. He won't do that. Of course, he trusts in him. And God will deliver him, but God wanted him to go through what he had to go through for you and I today. They made mockery of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. All right? And verse 44 said, The thief also which were crucified with him uh, cast the same in his teeth. Y'all see it? The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Oh, they joined the crowd. They joined the crowd making mockery of our Lord and Savior. Not both of them, just one of them. One of them said, well, if you be son, get, get down, save us. The other one said, Lord, just remember me when you come into thy kingdom. And so uh, they making fun of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm trying to show you the picture. I'm trying to paint that the world today is making so much mockery about God, about the things of God. But don't you let what the world say bother you. Don't you let that phase you not one bit. You just keep doing what you're doing for the Lord and God going to bless you. God going to prosper you. He going to keep you good, keep you strong and healthy and God going to meet our needs. Come go me just a little bit further. In the book of Proverbs 14, 14 and verse number 9. Check this out. I'm showing you what they're doing in our day and time. It's, it's not strange, but you got to understand the world do not love our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They do not love him. They are against our Lord. In Proverbs 14, verse number 9, I see why the soldiers, I see why the chief priests, I see why the elders, I see why those men, they mocked Jesus. They mocked him because the Lord said in his own word in Proverbs 14, verse number 9, he said, fools make a mock at sin. This is they doing what they're doing you got to understand they're just a bunch of foolish people and we can't join with them we can't align ourselves with them they're doing what they're doing because they're foolish they do not understand the things of God somebody said Lord I thank you I understand the things of God but fool make mockery of sin y'all see what the Lord said Amen. when you don't understand something you need to be quiet 
They don't understand our hallelujah. They don't understand our praise God. They don't understand God is good all the time. They don't understand it. But they make mockery of it. That that you don't understand, keep silent about it until you get some understanding. That makes sense. Until you get some knowledge on it. And so the Lord said right here, so I see now why the, why the world do what they do. They make mockery. Another making fun. Fools make mockery at sin. They do what they do, and they laugh about it. They do what they do, and I mean they kick their heels up. They just get so tickled. They, they, they mock, and they just making fun at what they do and making a mockery at God because this is what fools do. Amen, somebody? It's in the word. But uh, among the righteous, there is favor. I thank God for the favor of God that's upon your life today. The favor of God that he put in my life today. I thank God I'll take favor here today over what the fools are doing today. Can you say amen, somebody? Say, Lord, I thank you for favor. I thank God for favor. Favor in my life. You need favor. See, the world not in your corner. Am I making sense? They're not in your corner, but God is. Yes, he is. And among the righteous, there is favor. God got a blessing coming your way. Give the Lord a hand praise. He got a blessing coming your way, and you all thank God for it. See, the righteous, there's favor. Wait, what do you mean favor, Brother John? That means that, that, mean that God going to open some doors for you. What, what do you mean, John? That means some things going to work out for you. Amen. You may be having a hard time. You may have gone through some tough times in your life. But the favor of God, that means things going to work out. It on your behalf. Can you say amen? I think God, things are lining up. Somebody said the stars are lining up. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to get right. That, that Your money that's been funded, it's going to get right. Why? Because among the righteous, there is favor. God going to see to it that things start working out. Just keep loving him. Let's keep serving him. And things going to line up. It's going to work out. I thank God things are working out for you. Why? Because, amen, uh, we have the favor of God in our life and upon our life. But fools, they just make a mark of sin. Sin ain't nothing to brag about. Sin ain't nothing to get tickled about. Sin is something we all ought to be ashamed of. Sin ought to be something that we don't want to have no part, have no parts with. Amen. Amen. But not, not, not make fun of it. You know, no, 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 no. We don't do that. But the favor of God. It's up on the right. Come on, go with me just a little bit further. What I want to show you that we're living in a day and time where the world just get ready. Mockery is coming. If we go closer, get closer, closer to the end time, mockery is coming more and more. Look at, let's go to the New Testament, the book of Peter. Second uh, Peter, the third chapter. Oh, but I want to encourage you. I want to show you that. Let them make fun. Let them make mockery. I, I don't care how they laugh at me. I'm not ashamed about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of what God is doing in my life. Amen. I'm not ashamed at all. And I want to encourage you today. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Don't be ashamed of Jesus and what God is doing in your life. I'm not ashamed that I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed. Uh, there, there's no regrets. Uh, when I look back over my life and the way it is right now, there, there, there are no regrets. Some of my regret. I sure wish I was out there with them. See, they having so much fun. There, 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 there shouldn't be no regret in a Christian's life. Because if you get in God, and I mean really, I mean, see, what's the problem with most Christians? They're really not in God like they should be. 
Some of y'all at the door. Some of y'all y'all about to go out the door. But you need to, when you come on in God like you should, there will be no regrets in your life. Because it's better on this side than it is on that side. Can y'all say amen to that? See, yeah, come on, come on in. Come on in. For hanging around the door. Come on in. Y'all been around something, go to somebody's house, they say, come on in, come on in. Well, no, I ain't coming in. I'm just going to be here a few minutes. I got, I, I, I got to go. Come on in. So many times I went by my mom's house when she was living. I couldn't stay long, and I said, holler a few minutes, and then I'm ready to go. She said, boy, come on in, sit down. <laughs> Always ready to go. Sit down. And Lord knows I wish all those times. I said, no, mama, can't stay long. I got to go. I said, I wish today I had to sit myself down somewhere and enjoy some good fellowship with my mom. Amen. And, and that's the way Christians are today. They, they'll come to the church, but a lot of them can't stay. They can't stay to the service get over. They got to go. <laughs> Thank you. They got to go. Well, come on in. Come on in. If you really come on in and get involved, you'll really like it. You'll really enjoy what God is doing among his people. That's all we're trying to do. Get full. Come on in. Come on in. And you you will like it. You will enjoy it. But folks still hanging around the door. Some of them hanging out there in the yard. Come on in. Listen to what Brother Peter said in, in, in 2 Peter, the third chapter. Let's read just a little bit here, y'all. I ain't going to hold you long. I'm almost done. Amen. 2 Peter, the third chapter, verse number one. Peter said these words. This second epistle, this second letter, beloved, now, uh, I, I, now I write unto you in both in which I want to stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance. So what Peter's saying, he said, now this second letter I'm writing to you. He said, I wrote the other letter. That was first Peter. But now this is second Peter. So he said, this second letter that I'm writing, I'm writing to you that I want, I want to stir up your pure mind. Don't you know God's people, our mind need to be stirred up. I mean, we, we, we really need to be reminded. And some of y'all, sometimes we forget what God has done for us. Our mind need to be stirred up. All y'all, all y'all cooks know a little something about stirring something up. You, you cooking that pot, man, something you got to stir. If you don't stir, that stuff will stick to the bottom. And, and before you know a thing, your food be burnt. Can y'all say amen? You got to stir that pot. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So, so our lives, our walk with God, sometimes God got to stir us up. That's why we come to church on Wednesday. That's why you go on Sunday. Because the man of God, through the word of God, is stirring our mind up, causing us to remember what God has done. Somebody said, Lord, I still remember. What you done for me? I still remember. Can y'all still remember? Didn't it come through? Didn't God do it? Y'all still remember it? Y'all have forgot it, have you? Some of y'all forgot all about it. But so you got to come to church so your mind can be stirred up. And this is what we're doing today. I thank God. There's a song I said, oh, Lord, I still remember what you done for me. I still remember. And so he's, Peter said, this second epistle I'm writing to you, I just want to stir your mind up to, uh, to remind you how good God is. I want to stir your mind up to understand how God brought you out, how God delivered you, how God made a way for you, and God going to continue to provide for you. That's what this second epistle is all about, stirring up the mind. Yes, thank you. So y'all won't forget. God is good. God is good. I want you to forget that. God is good. Amen. All the time. 
He says, stir up the pure mind by way of remembrance. Verse number two said that you might be mindful of the words. I want you to be mindful of the word which was spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostle of the Lord and Savior. I want to remind you, you we have to be reminded. You know, I, I, we, we're just people. People are just people. Everywhere you go, all over the world, people are people. Whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Jew, whether you're Gentile, proselyte, no matter what you are, uh, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. People are people, just different shades and different complexion. But people are people. If you cannot see what color they are and just look on the inside of them, they're just like you. They're just like you. But we, we, we can't look on the inside of a person. We, we look on the outside. You remember the Lord said, the Lord, God, he don't judge. He don't judge like man does. Man look on the outward appearance, but God look where? He looks at the heart. And we got to learn to start looking at hearts. See, that's what's most important. We got to start looking at hearts and stop looking at people. And when we look at hearts, and you, you, you can understand folks better when you look at their hearts. See, it's, it's all in the heart. That's where it starts. Because you can be the most attractive woman in the world, but if your heart ain't right, mm, my, my, my. Amen, somebody? You can be a nice-looking man, got curly hair and a gold tooth. But if your heart ain't right, guess what? <laughs> you a bad man. <laughs> you, you, you a bad man. It's all with the heart. And so he said, but I want to stir up your pure mind by way of remembering and that you might be mindful of the word which the Lord has spoken by the Holy Prophet and the commandments of us, the apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Verse 3 said, know this first. This is something. Know this first that there shall come in the last day scoffers. See, there shall come in the last day scoffers walking of their own love. There are going to come people that's going to make fun of you and the Christian faith. In the last day, they're going to criticize you. They're going to they talk about you. They're going to try to shame you for living the life that you're living. But don't you let them do that. Can you say amen, somebody? No, I'm not ashamed. You can't talk me down. You can't talk me down. You can't talk me out of the life that I live right now in Jesus Christ. But the Bible said in the last day, it's going to get worse than what it is right now. Notice first that in the last day, they're going to be scoffers. There are going to be people that's mocking you, and they're walking in their own lust. And this is why they're doing what they're doing. They're not walking in the will of God. They're walking in their own lust. See, everybody now today, they're walking in their own desires. And when you're walking in your own desires, you're not going to understand the works of God. You're not going to understand the things of God because you're walking in your own desires. What you want. See, it's what you want. It's not what God wants. what you want, your own desire. But the Lord said in the last day, it's going to happen. Notice verse number four. And saying, here's what they're going to be saying in the last day. And they're going to say, where is the promise of Jesus Christ coming? Where is he? For since the fathers fallen asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Where is the promise of the coming? And see, the Lord is tearing long and people, they, 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 they getting complacent and they getting, uh, they, they fidgeting and they just, uh, uh, see, they thought the Lord was coming a couple years ago and he ain't came yet. And he ain't come yet. Oh, he probably not coming. We might as well go and do our thing. Amen. I was talking with a man the other day, and we were talking about uh, some, some religion like uh, the Jehovah Witness. The Jehovah Witness, you know, they believe, they believe that only somebody going to be saved is 144,000. You know, we read about that in the book of Revelation. 
which is nothing but a one, just a big fat lie from the gates of hell. So if, if only 144,000 are going to be saved, then guess what's going to happen to the rest of us that love Jesus? I was sharing that with my brother. That's just 144,000. That ain't a whole lot of people. You know how many folks in this world? It's 7.8 billion people on planet Earth today. Google it. You'll see it. 7.8 some billion folks in the world. But 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 Jehovah wouldn't believe ain't nobody gonna be saved just 144,000. So what the rest of us do? I told I told my friend, I said, well, the rest of us, we might well just go and get us a ball and start drinking. <laughs> we might well go and start drinking like the rest of them. Pass that bottle. If that's all gonna be saved, what the rest of us gonna do? We know that's a great big fat lie, but they had kept reading that Bible, kept reading that word, kept looking down through the nail, saw that John, the Bible said, John saw a number that no man could number. Coming up from the north, coming up from the south, coming up from the east, coming up from the west, a number that no man could number. And guess what? I thank God I was in that number. Can y'all say amen, somebody? Can't you see yourself in that number that John said he saw? Amen, somebody. We in that number. We in there. I'm so glad. I'm so glad we in that number that John said he saw. Now, but they saying, where is the promise of his coming? Seems like the father has fallen asleep. Jesus is not coming. We might well go and kick our heels up. But verse number five said, for this they are willingly, they're ignorant of, uh, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth stand out of the water and in the water. Uh, verse number six, six said, whereby the world that what then was being overflowed with flood, uh, they perished. So the old world, God destroyed the old world with the flood. Y'all know about the flood. But verse number seven, here we are in the new world. But he said, but the heavens and the earth, which are now, right now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. That's why the word of God I'm saying to you today that there's going to be a fire one day that the fire man can't put out. He destroyed the whole world with water but the water we're living in today it ain't going to be water no more. They say it was water but it's going to be fire next time. Can y'all say amen? But the world today that we are living in is reserved. Y'all see that? The world that we're living in right now is reserved. You ever had anything reserved? You can call and, and say, well, we're going out of town. We're going to book our family reunion. We call and we're going to reserve them rooms. See, when you reserve something, it's going to be there when you get there. Nobody else can get it. That, 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 that room is reserved for the Johnsons and for the Adams and, and for the Tatums and, and for the Joneses and, and for, the, for everybody else. You reserve it. You reserve it in your name. So it's going to show it. And so what, what God is saying in his word, he said, by the same word I kept in store, this, this world here is reserved against the day of, uh, 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 reserved unto fire against the day of judgment. So this world today, God, God they, they, they have they say now, but this world is reserved for fire. Amen. Amen. It's reserved for fire. Amen. God's not going to start with water anymore. Amen. Not going to be water, but it's going to be fire next time. Y'all see it? Now read on. He said, but the heavens and the earth which are now, 
by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment or of, of perdition of ungodly men. But verse 8 said, but beloved, be not ignorant of, of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord a thousand years, and a thousand years going to be just like one day. Oh, my goodness. One day, one day in paradise, one day with the Lord is just like we, we just started living, y'all. We just began to live one day like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. Ooh, we we going to live. That's why it said eternity. That's why it said eternity. It's a lifetime. Amen. It's, it's a long time we're going to be with the Lord. One day is like a thousand years. Ooh, how, how long we going to live? In a thousand years, you're like one day? That's a long time, y'all. And so we are looking forward to the Lord and reigning with him because one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. Now, verse 9 says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. You see, you see what the word said right there? The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Uh, as, as some men count slackness, but in long suffering for us, but not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of repentance. Now, the, lo the Lord is he, he's not like the world. He's not like the other. He's not slack concerning his promise. What God said he's going to do, God going to do it. Can y'all say amen? If God said, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Amen. And I thank God that he's that kind of God. If God said he's going to do it, you need to get ready. Because yes. it's going to happen. Amen. If God said it's going to happen. The Lord said, Lord, I go away and prepare a place for you. And I will return and, and, and receive you unto myself. God said it, it's going to happen. I believe what God said. Can y'all say amen to that? I believe the report of the Lord. He's not like man. Man will promise you something. I'll be over there in a few minutes. Choker never showed up. Amen. Y'all know about it like that. He never showed up. Didn't even call. Didn't even call. Could have called and said, I had a flat. Could have called and said, well, something happened. Folks will promise you stuff. They won't, they, won't, they won't show up. They won't even let you know nothing. Amen. You, you go to sleep waiting on him. Just fall asleep waiting on him. Wake up. He still ain't got there. Looking at your watch. He still ain't got there. God ain't like man. Man say all that stuff, they ain't going to come through. But I thank God for Jesus. If God promised you something, you need to get ready. If God said, I'm going to bless you, y'all need to go and spread the table because a blessing is on the way. Can you say amen? If God said, I'm going to heal your body, you need to start walking like you already here. Well, I still got a little limp. Just keep on walking. God said he's going to heal it. Just keep walking. That's why the limp going to go away because God going to do what he God said he's going to do. We need to start walking in faith. If God said it, start acting like it. That's right. God said, I'm going to bless folks and they don't get happy. Mm. They just, there's no emotions. Mm. Don't you know when God said he's going to do something for you, you there, there should be some type of uh, expect, expectation or a reaction, some kind of way. The man said, okay, I build up. I'm going to let you have $100. Okay. I'm going to let you have $100. And you say, okay. Come on, what kind of reaction is that? Come on. If somebody, they're they going to do something for you, there, there should be some kind of reaction, you know, an excitement or something. They're, okay, I'm glad it, it's going to work out. I can do what I'm trying to do. But, but folks, and, you, and that's the way folks are now. You can help them. You can bless them. And they don't get excited about it. They don't appreciate it. We, we live in a terrible world, y'all. Amen. These, these folks are unthankful. If you do something for me, I thank you. Can y'all say amen? You, you, you hear what I'm saying? If you do something for me, I thank you. When I do something for you, I, I, I want uh, just, just, just show me that you appreciate it. Yes. That makes sense to anybody? Yes. 
How much he give you? Man, he gave me $100. How you feel about it? Oh, well, it's just $100. <laughs> you give me that money back. You give me that money back. I'm going to give it to somebody that really appreciate it. Amen, somebody? If God promised that he's going to come through with it. All right. Verse 10 says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Oh, my God. In the which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. And the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Now, this is what Brother Peter said. Oh, there's going to be a fire one day that five men can't put out. This old world one day is going to reel and rock. And not only that, it's going to burn up. I thank God. God going to give us a new heaven and new earth. Look at verse 11. It says, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in all holy manner of conversation? But no, look at verse number 13. Nevertheless, we, according to his promises, we look for a new heaven and a new earth. Aren't y'all looking for that? Oh, so it's got to be something better than what we got right now. I don't know about y'all, but I'm looking for something better. I thank God for what I got, but I'm looking for something better. I'm looking for a new heaven and a new earth. You ever had, you ever had any renovation done? You no know, people have some renovation done. Remodel a house, from renovate it, you know, just, just, just made it. It just make it look so much better. Y'all ever watch that channel come on on TV? My wife look at it all the time. I be trying to get stop looking at this channel. Stop looking at this stuff. You know when it, when it, when it fixing them houses. What you call it? What you call it? The house channel. Yeah, fixer, fixer upper. Man, they be fixing the house up and going in and look like this. When they, when when they get through with it, they show you how it looked before and how it looked how it looked afterward. And she be watching all of them every day. Come on, that's what she look at. Fixer upper renovation. Stop looking at all that stuff. You trying to make me work. You want me to do something. Ain't nothing wrong with the way it look now. Amen, somebody. But, but you see, they show you how it looked before and how it looked afterward. Y'all follow me? Amen. Look at this world now. It's going to look so much better when Jesus comes. Give the Lord a hand praise. We're looking for a new heaven and a new earth. God bless you. I hope I said something to encourage your heart today. But it's going to be a fire one day that the fire man can't put out. God got to destroy this world the way it is. He got to destroy it and he going to renovate it. And when he get through renovated, it's going to be beautiful. And it's going to be filled with God's people. I mean, get along. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember... Encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.